0: Welcome to Tim Biscuit Podcast. Before we get on with today's podcast, I just want to say a massive thanks and give a massive shout out to our sponsor. That is Rip It Up Horror. And they create sort of from Disney figures like you'd buy a Buzz Lightyear from Argos. They sort of take it away and fuck it all up and make it look gruesome and horrible. Um, and they rip it up horror. And you can get 10% off if you make a purchase with them and um, do the code TB3. That's the code TB3. So just put that, I'll just mention that to them. And they'll give you ten percent off. Um, they're on Instagram, Twitter, and email. So I will give all that in the description below. But for their Instagram is rip underscore it up. It's rip sorry underscore it underscore up underscore horror. So that's a mouthful. Twitter is at rip dolls three, and the email is rip it up at gmail dot com. But I will put everything in the description because the first one's a bit of a a garbage thing. It's a of a mouthful for me. So, we have a returning guest, that is Alex. This is the third time you've been on now, three times on the trot.
1: Alex. Yeah, thank you very <laughs> much, Rick. Yeah, this has been, <laughs> it's getting to be good fun, isn't it? I'm actually looking forward it to is. as we go.
0: It is. Well, I've got an idea for a next podcast, if you want to come on for next week before we get stuck in to this one, and maybe something to do with films. Okay. And, books, and we could do something groups. like that. Yeah, we could okay. do it just sort out af- like afterwards, but yeah, we could do one a week.
1: Yeah, I'm up for that. That sounds like a really good interest and maybe a bit of fun for, for, for us if it's nobody else. And I hope some other people get some fun out if it's nothing else. Laughing at my my choices, shall I say, uh, and giving us abuse for it. Yeah, I'm up for that.
0: Well, there's so much bullshit in the press with everything what's going on. We're all being... Cons, psyops, and everything. So I thought if we take a step out of it and have some normality, if you can get normality out of these crazy times, and just something different, just focus on something different because there's so much horrible bullshit going about. It's it's depressing.
1: Yeah, I'm up for that. Yeah, why don't you cool. Keep doing something positive every week. Yeah, not you do that.
0: Excellent stuff. So the first one you spoke about your AstraZeneca shot that. Um, <clears throat> Unfortunately, left, lost your like left leg, and the second one was the on
1: the on the support or the lack of the support.
0: Yeah, and then the third one was
1: my top ten Northern Soul. That's, That's correct. correct. With no angst of trouble, shall I say? <laughs> and I saw I, I heard a song yesterday, and I'm like, why did I not put that in there? You yeah, know? it's but, hard, isn't it?
0: It's hard
1: yeah, to pick them yeah. songs. But um, still, sorry, go on. This week's week's challenge has been an interesting one as well.
0: Yeah, because we're sticking with the theme of music, but um, we're doing punk. Yeah. We're doing punk. So, I've got no plan for this one. I just thought we'd roll with it, see how we go. I mean, have you picked out top ten bands, top five bands, or just influential bands, or... I've
1: kind of went... Well, I've kind of went with sort of a track, but yeah, if we're going to go live bands or bands yeah I could do that probably Let's go off the cough with some of that, so you can affect where what you want, and then we'll go off the it. yeah, with
0: so I used to play drums in a hardcore band so i'm forty three and it was I was seventeen, so it was fast stuff like minor threat and all things like that, but that stemmed from the punk scene, which you probably know a lot more about than I do in the late seventies, early eighties when bands I suppose like was it stiff little fingers, sex pistols,
1: yeah. um uh, the police, the dam, the Buzzcocks, the Ramones, uh, the... Under- UK subs. UK subs, um, the police to a certain extent, the Clash, how can we forget the Clash, Boomtown Rats. the list goes on and on and on, yeah, there's a vast number of bands, and most of those i have just named up <laughs> saw.
0: So, what was your sort of go to, I mean, we learnt last week that you're into Motown, and being a mod, but what sort of punk... Bands, did you listen to back then, and do you listen to them still now?
1: Yeah, well, um, obviously the reason I got into the Northern Soul was through the Jam. So the first album in the city, uh, that the first single that was in the city, and that was the, and I loved that, the angst and the anger. So there, that was that was my first real introduction to what I thought was kind of new wave punk. Um, and I also saw the Clash live who were right up there, incredible live uh, who else did I see like the Buzzcocks saw them a couple of times and both formats were the original and the replacement the and both of them were great the Boomtown Rats were fantastic live Um the Undertones were fantastic live uh, and that's one of my it's one of the bands that I played in and that was one, that was my go-to song when we were warming up or before we knew we wanted a crowd to bounce was Teenage Kicks. It's timeless, it's classic. Fergal Sharky. Yeah, Fergal <laughs> Sharky, yeah. Um, and I remember seeing them just as Teenage Kicks was just coming out. So yeah, I'm getting old now. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, Fergal Sharky want to Buddy, in He did that really good song, Two Hearts.
1: Yeah, again, he proved that he could sing. He did have a voice, it was, but it was uniquely his.
0: Were from Ireland, the undertones?
1: Yes, they were an Irish band, yeah. Yeah,
0: yeah. So, just to compare the two, you could class the Jam as punk, but maybe someone wouldn't because it will maybe that sort of thing like the Sex Pistols, and it's got me thinking like in hardcore and like things like that back. No, nope. so for back
1: me, in, the Jam were never a punk band.
0: They were right,
1: a mod band. They were a new wave band that were heavily mod or sixties influenced with. But it was speeded up with the punk anger for Chelsea Channel. Um, so for me, that the Jam can kind of introduce me to Northern Soul and punk Chelsea because there was there's an element of they did both because the anger of in the city kind of took you the punk way. And if you look at some of the covers, took you the, the kind of Motown covers and Northern Soul way. So the kind of that <clears throat> that kind of kept the punk thing going.
0: Was it more about the attitude back, by then, I than it was so, yeah,
1: yeah, the I music? Got, got, yeah, the music was part of it. I got the anger, and I got the angst, and I got the anti-establishment. And that, that kind of fired, because obviously you were young, and especially in the late 70s and the early 80s, unemployment was through the roof. Nobody had a job. Everybody was in this UB40. was a band that came out of that. As were a lot of bands, you know. So going to see bands like The Jam, The Clash, The Buzzcocks, uh, The Boomtown Rats, all live, allowed you to get a lot of that anger out, obviously, because you felt, you know what, I'm not alone, there's a crowd this year, this all feels like this, so you felt you were, far to, you were part of something, for me anyway.
0: Yeah, I'll just go back to the hardcore thing, then it's out the way, um, but you've sort of answered the question, it was more about an attitude, towards things, than it was sort of the music, the music was an expression, Yes, and it was about an attitude.
1: Yes, you, no, I can com- hear with you.
0: Now, We'll start flipping from back then and to now. How do you think music has evolved from, say, the 80s, 90s, 70s to it is now? Because um, I think it's evolved into a shit way. I don't think there's that much peer talent band-wise out there, per se, as there used to be back then. And I think yeah. it's being in a band, and you said you was in a band, didn't you?
1: Yes, yes, I was. Uh, Yeah, no, I totally
0: get it. Right, so it's a lot easier now for bands to get noticed, for singers to get noticed, because like you've got the internet. When I was in uh, my hardcore punk band, well, like it wasn't my band, but like the band, um, we had to go to places like Argos and Woolworths to get tapes. Yeah, and then we had to do our own school, own school. We had to do our old school demos and like put it on the tape and like do it tape by tape draw your, like, sort of cover art, then just sort of distribute it yourself. But now it's so easy with Instagram, Facebook, YouTube. You've got all that distribution centre set up for you. Back then, you only had really fanzines and, like, word of mouth and gigs and selling your sort of demo tape for, for like, a couple of quid at a gig.
1: I totally agree with you. Um, I do think that, yeah, there's still talent out there. Uh, and obviously there is people with voices, you hear them daily, some young people that are getting cracking voices. The only thing I've got is that that I don't see the creative talent, the creative genius as much as it used to be. Um, And I think you're right because it's easier to just throw something together and get more recognition of it, whereas previously the, the music had to be something different, the the, the lyrics had to be something that different, if that made it, had to, it fit it but the times.
0: It seems to be more about getting famous now, but back then it used to be about expressing, getting that message across, getting your anger out, but now it seems to be famous, along with um, programmes, especially uh, The X Factor.
1: I, yeah, I agree with you. Um, I think it's a shame because... You're right, the talent base is getting watered down through things like that. Uh, and I don't mean that in a degree, obviously, it's just the way it's working out. Um, I, go, I used to go and see, and I still do, to, I sell a lot of live bands, and there is still talented talent bands out there. And it's a shame they're playing open mic nights just to try and get some exposure. Nobody wants to do it because it, nobody wants to put the money into it because it's easy just to flog them on YouTube. And that's not always the answer. You know, sometimes you need to get that live audience because that's what makes a band work.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm not saying there's no talent out there because I'm sure there is, but it's overshadowed by what the public want. Uh, And I'll give you a few few examples. So if maybe David Bowie went on the X Factor, the singer from XTC went on um, X Factor. They've all got very unique voices. Yeah, it they probably wouldn't, wouldn't, wouldn't work now, but...
1: You're right, you're right. If,
0: and if we look back on David Bowie now, everyone loves him, but if he came on the scene now and no one heard him, would they like him? The same with XTC. Um, he, like, had a very distinctive London accent voice.
1: Yes, yes. Um, and so did the Boomtown Rats. You know, they would very... And Elvis Costello. Yes. And, you know, the, and the massive difference, you're right, They they, they had... So much more. They weren't doing it for the recognition, for the fame, for the money. They were doing it because they were creative talents. And I think we've lost that a lot. I agree with you there. Yeah, we've lost that a lot of that. I not mean, it's not out there, but they've lost a lot. But
0: and to a certain extent, you two, when they started out with the troubles in Ireland and that, they came out as a angry young Irish band. Um, and I hate to say it, you two are really good, but Bono is such a fucking knob. <laughs> he spoils it but he is a good singer but he's just, he's that thing they did in like Ukraine was very embarrassing <laughs>
1: Where yeah, was like, yeah and it's um, like
0: you know what I mean you've like come back from proper you know from a like band
1: yeah uh, waking
0: um, class band I, like sort of think the way and now his change is morphed into this sanctimonious prick
1: yeah he's a beautiful and,
0: person and, and, but so, yeah, yeah his voice is so good, but again, it's unique. And if someone like them, him, and then people we've just mentioned went on to X Factor now or The Voice, not so much of The Voice because they've got proper singers on there, but maybe X Factor. It's what the public and studio. Yes, yeah. Sh-
1: yeah. yeah, you um, know what I mean. <laughs> I think right, I agree with you. You, you too. Early stuff was phenomenal. Um, in fact. It's really strange because than half an hour before I come on here and I was in an open space and I actually played Run and Stand Still. I did my version of it for somebody. Right. It's a cracking song, but you're right. I don't know what happened to Bono. I don't know what happened to them all. They seem to have lost their asses somewhere and found new ones.
0: Did they get too big for the boots?
1: Possibly. Yeah. Um, we've seen it happen before. Um, yeah. I, it's a shame because it's kind of tarnished the talent that they, they clearly are.
0: I mean, um, one song that sticks out for me being a drummer is Sunday Bloody Sunday. And obviously, wow. that is a really good song. And then I had to research it. And if you go back to what it's actually about, and sort of like, it's got a very odd time and snare drum pattern in there that simulates um, machine gun fire.
1: Yeah, that's right. And uh, like. Yeah, the, the whole song is actually about uh, something that actually happened. So they were very political. They were very angry, and clearly, you, I saw U2, I'll tell you when, it was 1982 in the Tiffany's, it's an old ballroom dancing in Glasgow, it's gone now, uh, along with UB40 on the same ball, and then you knew they were something special, because they they had everything, but I don't know, some, they lost something along the way, and I don't know which album they lost it, but they've just went, I don't know where they've went. Was yes, it the
0: Zoo Zoo when they, like they started touring with all them big screens and oh no the fly? Well, I used to wear them big sunglasses. I think that was the changing point where they sort of went a bit. Yeah, it's as if it's, it.
1: it's as, it's as if they've all went to a caravan site so and get fucked out their faces and I didn't decided to come up with this mad crazy plan. But there you go. <laughs> I want to visit that um, holiday site. That's <laughs> what yeah, <so> they are. <laughs> but yeah, it's it, it's
0: sort of very strange how. Most songs now that are played on radio, and I'm not saying all songs, because you do hear the odd song from, say, BBC Two or, like, an independent set, but, like, mostly the lyrics aren't worth
1: a piss. Yeah, yeah that, to me, you know, a good song has to have a sunk kind like, of motion story to it. No, I've just had an epiphany, I a, a can't even say it. a epiphany? A, a a yeah,
0: I can't say it, I'm not even going to attempt to. <laughs> we, <laughs> Most these fans were mentioned that they were all working class bands. Do you think that's got an element of? Yeah, I
1: really do. Yeah, Absolutely. you know, because there's that anger and angst that you know you've not got a job.
0: And they but know what working class is. They yeah, you know the angst and like they've got the anger and like they've got the raw, the rawness, the integrity yeah. and, and out
1: there. And I think we spoke about Paul Weller last week. You know he's managed to keep that and change it and move in a direction that, that suits him. Yeah. That makes sense, you know. Um, there's, there's no disputing the man's a, an absolute genius when it comes to music and writing music. That's not up for debate. But it's kind of like that, you know. At least they've kind of kept to. His, but he's not for, really forgot himself in many ways. Whereas you two seem to have just kind of fucking blown up, you know.
0: Yeah, like, as I say, they're still good. I still like them. But it's yeah. just a shame that like, he's such a fucking <laughs> prick. Or it could be another reason that back then in the 70s and 80s, because I was just thinking of Elvis, Elvis is another one with a unique voice. But all these bands just exploded on to the scene. And maybe that's why they are big, because they were very unique.
1: Yeah, yeah, they were, because, you know, they're, they're, they created a sound of stairs. You instantly know... If you, especially with the, in the early days of when you know the edge started, anything you knew that was you too.
0: Well, that's his guitar sound, isn't it? That's yeah. just that's just associated with you too. Yeah. We uh, like echoey. The Ike The
1: Yeah. Um, no, and it's a shame because I, I love that. There's a couple of their old songs that I played. Uh, one was "Wanting to Stand Still." Another one was "Love Rescue Me," which is off of Rat home. Hum. Um, and I ended up doing a kind of country spin on it for some reason, I don't know why, and I've never tried to change
0: it. Funny you should say that, I was speaking to my mate on Saturday, my friend on Saturday, and I said to him that um, country and blues are one of the two only sort of music sort of genres that I've never been into. Blues a bit when I was at college doing my B Teching at all because a lot of stuff comes from blues. The like yep. sort of structure songs, but I've never really paid any attention. I've I I I don't really like it, but that that country sound, that little sort of metally, um bloody well, resonated I, guitars they use.
1: <clears throat> yeah, no, I get that. Um I think what I tend to do is I pick songs and I I kinda of do what I thought I'd what I thought, what I thought I got out the song if that makes any sense. Hmm. Um, you know, like I do a song by Bob Dylan, Tomorrow's a Long Time. It's a, it's a, go and look it up, it's a rare one. But I do it nothing like the way he does it. Because I took something else out of the song.
0: Have it, you ever read a cover that's better than the original song? Sorry for cutting you off there. Go on. <laughs> and the yeah, that
1: I think there has been a couple um, that have, have performed massively, the originals. Uh, trying to think one off it's in my head
0: I can think of one and that's from a band called Age Overkill and they did uh, you, I can't remember the song but the chorus was girl you'll be a woman soon and it was off the. Uh, it was a song off Pulp Fiction but right. that was originally a cover uh, well originally was a cover it was a cover but I went to find the original and the cover was better another song that Everyone likes as a cover, but I prefer the original. Is Annie Lennox "No More I Love Shoes"? Oh yeah. yeah, covered by um the is it the Lover Speaks? Yes, yes. And that's a that's a brilliant, brilliant the the original version of that song knocks the spots off the Annie Lennox one.
1: Well, In well my you, anyway. One I'll give you is the and it's a it's a strange one. Um, is Sound of Silence? Simon Garfunkel. Right. There's no arguing; it's an absolute stunning song, and there's not many people could match that song. There's a fellow who did a version of it, Sound of Silence, and his name eludes me. I'll send you to it when after this I'll go and look for him. Uh Yeah. Um, And he does a version of this, and Paul Simon actually commented and said, "If you're going to do a cover of a song, this is how to do it." Really? Yeah, and it's haunting. The, I, I'll you keep chatting. I'll get my other phone, and I'm going to look for it, and I'll give you the name Where we're chatting.
0: Keep chatting. Well, that's a good thing to say. So, um, yeah, we've got a few new pod, a few new podcasts. We've got a few new guests coming on within the next few weeks, so it's going to be really good. It's looking like Alex is going to be um, a once a weeker, a regular guest. Um, so yeah, I'll just read out the um details of our new sponsor, which is Rip It Up Horror. Um, they do loads of stuff with like Disney figures, Barbie figures, and things like that, and homage to horror films. Their Instagram is rip underscore it underscore up underscore horror. The Twitter is at ripdolls3, and their email is ripituphorror at gmail dot com. I will put all the um, um, all the details in the description. My head's gone. This is the first podcast I've done since I did the last one with Alex last. Well, because normal oh, po- I normally hello, you're back. You, there we you go. You said that
1: fantastically right. you covered that well. I'm well impressed. Oh,
0: you put me on the spot.
1: Um, I, I didn't actually mean for you. I meant we could keep chatting, and while I was looking, but I think you just took it as a, you keep chatting. So you did well. You ah, know. right. Sorry. You said the song. The band is a, it's a disturbed. The sound of <sighs> silence. Ah,
0: oh, yes, yes, yeah. It's um, it's about slow. Morning,
1: yeah, but he drives it haunting, and he hits some incredible notes while he's doing it. Um, and Paul Simon actually commented, if you're going to do a cover, that's the way to do it. <laughs> that's uh, quite a
0: compliment from Paul Simon.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, there, there is a couple of covers that have done really well, and you go, you know, it's a cracking cover. Uh, tainted Love, Soft Style. Yeah. Um I prefer the, the original Gloria Jones but I can see why everybody took to that version of it. Um who else? Ever Fallen in Love with Someone? Yeah. Which was I believe was it Elvis? Was it really? Um I'm sure Elvis did ever fall in love. Um, oh. I'll i need to check that now because I know that Fine Young Cannibals did it.
0: And the right. Fine Young Cannibals you see that's another singer with a unique voice and he used to be the bassist in the beat as well. That's
1: correct, yeah. Um, what, what a set what a singer that lad was. Um, great band. Absolutely great band.
0: Yeah, I've got one of their albums like sort of somewhere. Uh, have you ever fallen in love? Uh, Buzz Cox um, uh, Peter Pete, Shelley, it says here. Yeah.
1: yeah, Pete Shelley is the singer now, and Howard DeVito was the original singer. Right. Um, and I managed to see both versions of them, and each was as good as the other. I can't say that I had a favourite, you know, and I didn't really notice a massive difference in the song, which is quite an achievement.
0: Yeah, no, yeah. I was just trying to think. Do like the Jam do? Um, they do a cover, don't they?
1: Well, they did a couple of covers. Uh, in the Midnight Hour, Wilson Pickett. Um, they did a couple of Who covers. Uh, I want to say, uh, "I Need You." I'm sure that's a Who cover.
0: Yeah, speaking of the Who, that's so strange that I, w- I was watching a documentary on them on. Like about them on Saturday.
1: Yeah,
0: yeah, and they really were a good band, and I think oh, they were another—not so much underrated, but overlooked in how good they actually were. Or maybe that's just me because I've I never really got into them that much. But
1: yeah, the you
0: documentary gives more I, of an insight.
1: Yeah, I, you, I, I didn't see them as a mod band but I thought they were an incredible rock band, especially live. Roger Daltrey has a set of lungs on him that was phenomenal. Um, like, in the original few line-up, yeah, what a set
0: Again, he was another working class lad. Yeah. And he was proper working class, yeah. Uh,
1: and, I mean, there's a fit that I'm sure I want to say there's a on YouTube a song called Love Rain Over Me. And there's a couple of live versions of it and if you don't tell me that that is not what you call talent and live gig performance then nothing is
0: again the who had that rawness and the and like had something very strange in the band and that was keith moon oh yeah probably an element that's very rarely seen in bands because he was a bit of a madhead by all accounts
1: oh yeah he was completely uh
0: a true a true lunatic
1: Yes, um, but clearly had a talent on the drums.
0: Yeah, definitely. And And it's so strange how it works. The drummers are always the crazy ones.
1: Yeah, I was just actually going to put that analogy out to you, (laughs) because Ringo Starr's kind of batshit crazy, to be fair, in a lovely way. And he was underrated. Yeah, very underrated. As a drummer. Yeah, and that's a shame because, you know, when drummers like Buddy Richie, is it Buddy Guy, Buddy Richie?
0: Uh, Buddy. Uh, Buddy Rich.
1: Buddy Rich gives you a compliment. That's telling you something. And he rated Ringo Starr as a good drummer.
0: Well, Buddy Rich is still proclaimed to be one of the world's greatest drummers. Oh, he is.
1: Oh, wow. Yeah. Fast.
0: Very, very fast.
1: Yeah, and his timing was impeccable. You know, and the beat that he had, he just knew and went to go high, low, soft. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. That's
0: again, that. yeah. Like, again, he, he, he comes from a swing band and jazz background, so that's very, very technical compared to just a normal 4-4 rock beat, say.
1: Yeah, but you know yourself, the heart of your band is a drummer. Yes. And if you ain't get the drummer that's, that's doing it for you, it's a shame because sometimes I've seen drummers in bands and in the wrong band, yeah, yeah, you know, and uh, and it's a shame because you can see that they want to do something else, but the way they're trying to force themselves to play a certain way.
0: Um, I was just thinking about a, a, like a drum pattern that Ringo did, and it's in the song from the Beatles called "In My Life." Is it "In My Life"? I'm sure it is. Uh,
1: yeah, it's a very early so- song. In My Life, I loved you more. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you nearly had me singing it there. Mm-hmm. And-
0: like that's a very intricate drum pattern to play because it's very ga boom boom. so it's all on the offbeat, then on like the onbeat. Then it goes into just a normal in chorus, like a normal drum beat. Then it stops and goes back into.
1: Yeah, it, it's kind of the the opposite of the setup of most other drum sets. You would you would say I guess you would know that better than me.
0: Yeah, I mean, like sort of. St- I just can't understand where this hatred or this um, piss-taking mentality comes from, from people towards Ringo being a drummer in the Beatles.
1: Yeah, um, you know, all you need to do is look at the catalogs. It doesn't matter whether you think he's got a talent or not. Look at the catalog. That explains. The facts don't lie.
0: No. And Help. Help he's, is a brilliant song.
1: Yeah, brilliant song. Um you go to the original stuff, Love, Love Me Do, sure the, a lot of the other Elvis stuff was covers as well.
0: Yeah. Love, Love Me Do's a good song.
1: Yeah. Uh, oh, Christ, one of my favourite. was Norwegian Wood because I love the hauntingness of it.
0: About a prostitute, wasn't it, that one?
1: Yeah, apparently, yeah. <laughs> Funny enough, I didn't know that at the time, and that was one of the first songs I ever. At the age of, I think I was about 14, 15, I got my a stage and sung a cappello.
0: This, wow. Yeah, <laughs> wow. I just think I just think the Beatles are one of them bands that you very very rarely, if not, come around just once. Yeah, that's just uh, it's it, it's just them certain people that can harmonize. Good, the guitarist know what the bassist is doing. The bassist is going to preempt what the drummer's doing, and everyone knows and feels what each of the ones doing, and I I I think that's rare for them like that to happen, and yet there were really good songwriters, and oh, yeah, like, yeah. all of them could sing, Ringo to a certain extent, I mean he did Octopus's Garden, um, and um, Little Shop Help from My Rain. Friends, Yellow Summer Rain, and again, he was unique,
1: in yeah, like, I his the lyrical, voice. The song, yeah. lyrical voice, a lot my friends, now, Yeah, I think the Beatles did a phenomenal And I love that song, I really do, <clears throat> And I love Joe Cocker's version of it, just as equally. Do you like Wet Wet, Wet's
0: version of it?
1: Yeah, that's what I was going to say. And Wet (laughs) Wet really took it to a different level.
0: Another underrated band?
1: Yeah, well, Marty Perlow, there's no doubt, had a phenomenal voice. Again, so powerful, so young. And again, cover versions of Motown. Yeah. He
0: he sort of lost his way a bit, didn't he? But now he's come back, I think.
1: Yeah, uh, yeah. I think he, he got his, he, that, down that Rocky Rock Road lifestyle that seems to happen to so many. Um, and Lucky and Fox, in his case, he, I think he, pulled, he clearly did pull himself back from the brink because he's he's been back doing Broadway and um, stage shows in London and abroad for, for oh, a long, long time now. So fair play to come back. It takes a lot of courage and credit to do what he's done.
0: I mean, he had it all, didn't he? He like had the talent, he had the looks, and he had the band.
1: Yeah, he had the lot, um, and it just shows you that, it, that you wrote, that, And again, came from a very hard working class background, and um, I think that's what happens—you tend to forget in your heart you're still working class.
0: Hmm. What would you class as, some like working class? And I was having this this discussion again with um, like a friend on Saturday. What would your class as working class? Oh,
1: good. Uh, would our class as working class?
0: <clears throat> would them like, because it's, it's not just people who work that are working class. Would you say it's an attitude? Would you say it's a lifestyle? Would you say it's an upbringing? Would you say, and no disrespect to anyone who lives on a council estate, because my sort of, like mum came from a council estate, is it people who come from a council estate or is it just honest people? Is
1: it, I think honest people is probably as close as I'll put it to, you. because you're right, it doesn't matter where you come from, the council side or any other side, it's it's a, an attitude, a working class ethic, that hard working, you work for what you want, you work for what you need, and you work for what you get, and you appreciate and you work hard for it, and you try and do the right thing with each other look after each other. So I suppose that's working class. And I'm not saying that there's middle class people that don't do that and upper class people, but I think because obviously there's more working class people in the world than there is the others, it's more of a, yeah, it can, life can be hard. We tend, we tend to have to be safer with holidays. <clears throat> you know, we don't have money in the bank that that we know we're going to be okay for any more than four months at a time. That's very rare. We, we live from month to month. And all mm. hell, everything goes okay, don't
0: it? And hence, they get to a youth club, say, mate, like, sort of sort of, maybe we'll go to someone's house and say, let's just form a band. And then,
1: yeah, I think that's what happens. Is people say, well, I'm kind of bored, you know, I've not got really a lot of money, um, and it's quite easy. Most bands start off a cappella. you know, if you look at, look, Billy Joel, that's where Billy Joel started singing on the streets. Really. Yeah, he's a troubadour. He was one of the original ah. troubadours. And then he did sing. And actually, Piano Man is very, very autobiographical, because he did play in bars on a regular basis.
0: He's good, good, M. M. <laughs>
1: he's another one who's underrated. Yeah, if you go to his early stuff, oh, good Lord, what a singer. You know, Piano Man, uh, New York City Blue or New York t- New, Allentown, Um there's just two that come off my head. Obviously, everyone knows some the hatch songs, but you go back to his early stuff. What a singer! Great timing,
0: yeah. I don't know like much about his background or sort of like where he came from, but obviously, there's two songs that spring to mind is um, We Didn't Start the Fire and Uptown Girl,
1: yeah. Uh, <clears throat> Honesty, that's a great song that he wrote. Beautiful, beautiful love song. Um, uh, Just the way you are. Um, who's the big fellow with a wonderful deep voice? My brain fog's coming. Barry White. Mm-hmm. Now, if you listen to Billy Joel's version of Barry White's "Just the Way You Are," you'll see a totally sort of different song. So yeah, he's a great singer. Um, who else? Do we have that we would say is, is up there with uh, what we would is, is estimate going back to the drummers and it, big I country. Was, there you go,
0: there's one for yeah, you. And yeah. he's he played for um Mark, oh, he's got a strange last name. He played for um from the jam as well, or he still might be in. Sure oh, he it, is, yes, he is. Jam. And I'll, Matt rip or something.
1: Yes, that's correct. I'll give you some great connections then, right? So you've got Matt Disney who went to From the Jam. And in Big Country, you had Stuart Adamson and Richard Jobson. No. No, it was Stuart Adamson, um, who was also an a band called The Skids, with Richard Jobson.
0: Right.
1: And I saw The Skids live, and their big song that really kicked him off was a song called Into the Valley. Mm-hmm. Um, so there you go. There's always a connection because you always find you go through the history that the bands they end up they know each other, they played, or they kind of had a combination that swap things. You know? Yeah,
0: yeah. Or like they borrowed their or vice versa. What did you think to Big Country as a band?
1: I thought they were brilliant. Uh, Stuart, Stuart Adams was a great singer, a uh, great musician, and just a, an absolute tragedy how we lost them. Yeah, he
0: killed him so dark. didn't he, like, hang himself in a cupboard? I'm
1: awesome. not sure the full a wardrobe. story. Here. There's some story that he, he, he took his own life, uh, but, he, you know, he suffered from really bad depression, um, which is unfortunate. I hate to see anybody, and I mean, because it just shows you it's tears of a clown, isn't it?
0: Yeah, uh, we used to cover two songs. I like I used to play in, well, jam in a band, and we used to do Big Country, by big country, and we used to do chants.
1: What one? Chants. Oh, well, chant. Yeah, yeah. Big country, uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think they're in a big country, some, you know, great vocals and really good life, and their gigs in the battleland in Glasgow were absolutely legendary.
0: Were they really?
1: Yeah, absolutely legendary. for so up there with the, the best gigs that's ever been played there. And that's, yeah, that's a public perception.
0: There's just so many bands that have been out there that are so, so good. So we'll sort of get back to um, what Drum- we originally started with. <laughs> um, what's your sort of top three most influential bands? And they haven't got to be from any sort of music genre, it sort of can be anything.
1: Obviously, The Jam was a, my number one influence. Um, for. Music, uh, I want to say The Clash. Some of their albums inspired a lot of, and got channeled a lot of my anger and gave me sort of understanding that I wasn't along longing through some of the, the anger you go through as a, as a young teenager, I suppose. Um, so, top three, so I've got one more that kind of really influenced me. Um, oh, God. I would, I would, have to say i it would be a, a mixture of certain Motown songs because the, if I if I pick one van one of the like four tops, I'm doing it at the Four Seasons. I'm doing it, I'm doing it, Frankie Valli and the Miracles, you know. So I kind of, if I could pick a top, not Motown, Motown mix I would take that. Am I getting away with that? You still there, Rick? Hello? You still there?
0: Yeah, can you hear me?
1: Yeah, I thought, I yeah. don't
0: know, They were not quiet. quite either. No, it was me, I put my um, microphone on mute. <laughs> I <I've got to laughs> apologise. <laughs> no, definitely, um, I was going to say, two bands for me that got me into sort of drumming and things like that was Iron Maiden and, and Guns N' Roses, and I started listening to them when I was about nine years old, so I think oh, yeah. Iron Maiden must have brought out Seventh Son of the Seventh Son. When I started listening to them when I was still at primary school,
1: and it's still an iconic song.
0: Brilliant album, brilliant album by Iron Maiden. Such a good band. I Guns N' think... Roses had that rock and roll lifestyle, um, especially with Appetite for Destruction. Then obviously yeah. they had sort of split up and re- didn't split, but people left, and then new drummers came, new guitarists came, um, and that was usual illusion one and two. But yeah, Guns N' Roses and Iron Maiden. For me, I, and then I I couldn't pick a third one. There's so many to just pick from.
1: I think it's strange. So if we go from, let's go with Iron Maiden. That they've expanded to the extent where the the guitarist is a qualified commercial pay pilot.
0: The singer, that's um, like the singer, that's Bruce Dickinson.
1: Bruce Dickinson. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it just shows you that his talent just lies musically, shall we say? Uh, and you're right. The first album is absolutely outstanding. The second band it was. The uh, who did you mention the second band? Guns and Roses. Guns N' Roses. If we go back to the original sort of a format for the first couple of years, yeah, nobody could touch him. Axel Rose was incredible. And I think And yeah. again, angry person. He, yeah. he had a lot to say. And he destroyed he destroyed what he created in many ways. And I think he's now trying to make his way back.
0: Yeah, they've like sort of sort of reformed, but I don't think they will ever find that rawness all that attitude and passion at the yard back in the 80s yeah for destruction
1: well we know that the the drummers the, the heart beat the band they're the life and soul of it the lead singer is the one that drives the band because it's their creativity that's going to stand out as we know I think what happened with him again we'll go down the road of Bono he's just you know he's got forgot his old ass to a certain extent um, yeah and became a complete not utter arrogant prick, as far as I'm aware, and that's why they were going through various drummers, various guitarists, and various formats because of him and nobody else.
0: Well, the drummer Stephen Adler was like their first drummer, and they kicked him out because he was an heroin addict. Yeah. Um, and then they got Matt Sorum in, and I think nearly all of them, barring Axel, was all bad. I don't think Axel was like the worst one for drugs and drink and know Slash's heart apparently got the twice its size it should yeah. be and Duff the bassist um not placenta not spleen his pancreas exploded
1: Jesus um and there's no doubt in the talent I mean, Slash it's up there
0: oh yeah really good guitarist yeah really really good
1: he's otherwise clearly doesn't understand guitar playing you don't be able to do that without being able to I can't do that I, I, I could only my dream and imagine doing anything near that I can get a quarter to that so I say I make a noise that sounds like a song you might know
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah is one of them people who's just got a natural talent
1: Yeah. I'll tell you someone else that kind of I mean, you like I'd uh, I, I like your opinion on this the, the man Dave Grohl what's your thoughts on him
0: I'm not keen I'm not keen. But saying that, I do like Nirvana. And again on Saturday we like was listening to one of their really albums, but I don't think it was Dave Grohl playing on that. They had a drummer before him. Yeah. Um, Chad Channing, I think it was.
1: Yeah, that's right, he was the original drummer. Yeah, because yeah. Dave, Dave Grohl actually addition for the to being drummer. Right. Uh I, he, he was invited, he was I don't know whether he was in another band, but he was invited and he got obviously the job. And it's strange how he went from being the drummer to the lead singer. Right. And, you know, when you go from... Because you've got a drummer in the banner, and then he's moved to...
0: It's leading in the Foo Fighters.
1: The Foo Fighters. Uh, so, yeah, clearly there's a talent there. There's not many... I can't think of any other drummer that's managed to do that. Phil Collins, possibly.
0: Phil Collins, yeah. And another good drummer. Um, I think the drummer from... The Eagles, he sings on drums, doesn't he?
1: Yes, yes. Uh, again, what a wonderful drummer. Eagles are a good band, yeah. Yeah, Eagles. you could, If you go through all that, Eagles, Cream, Yardbirds.
0: Does like, Supertramp, does like their drummer sing? Uh,
1: yes, yeah, Supertramp, that was Mike God, I forget his name. Big, tall, giant fella who you wouldn't make... She's a drummer.
0: Another good band, Supertramp. Brilliant yeah. band.
1: Uh, again, look at the vocals. Stevie Nicks. What a, what, a, what a fair set of vocals. Yeah. That worked uniquely. Um, so you have a point, you go back to Genesis. Yeah, Phil Collins doesn't get the credit he deserves as a drummer.
0: Because um, he used to play in Genesis, didn't he, as like the drummer. they moved to the singer.
1: Yes, uh, and obviously then with we went Solo, you know he created the infamous "In the Air Tonight" song. Yeah, da 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 Which is again, it's a very simple beat, but it's one that was never really done before. If that makes any sense, I in that way, And that's what I think that's what resonated with the public.
0: Yeah, he's um, got a very noticeable style on them, like the drums. I I like can tell if it's him playing or like if it's the other guy yes. playing. Yes. And I don't know if that's just because I'm a drummer because, and that's another thing. I don't know if I'm more picky about music because I, the first thing I always go to is I'm, like the drummer, and then I listen to the guitar in and bass in and th- then like listen to it as a whole band. But I'm sure that's me because I've been playing since I was ten. I'm 43 now, but I'm sure that's just me.
1: I think that's a drummer, that being
0: been musician.
1: a musician. Sorry, I whether it's been in a band. Yeah. Because uh, that's the first thing I do. I listen to the drums, and then I go um, to the bass, and then I go to the, the the lead guitarist.
0: Well, the drums and bass work together.
1: Yeah. The, um, like the bass drum
0: should normally follow, or uh, s- near enough, do what the bass is doing sort of thing.
1: Yeah, I call it a, a slight kind of half beat out. Yeah, um, that was obviously the way I put it, and that's what fucked me up with the bass because I I never learned to to be half half a beat out. I always played to try and go over the, the the rhythm guitar.
0: Yeah, I mean, like if like you can count one to four, you can play a basic drum beat.
1: Yeah, but what I was finding is that this is my my experience when I'm hitting the bass is on just just at the finish of your note. The, the right. that That's how we worked it, and it seemed to work for the time. And you know, just as your note was kind of resonating into the next one, I should be hitting the bass note. Just to, just as it, you're, hit, you're hitting.
0: No, yeah, yeah. You can play in time before the beat and after the beat.
1: Yeah. Uh, so just that slightly, just either just before the drummer hits or just after the drummer hits. Just to, you know, just it's a continuous sound because you, all you're doing is you're trying to follow it out, aren't you?
0: Yeah, yeah. And yeah. just like you mentioned before, the drummer's there to drive the song. He's, um sort of like the backbeat, the bum, ba, bum, ba. Oh, use but your just Yeah. you just yeah. aiming. <laughs> it's just sort of, just because the drummer's not doing something spectacular on them, like the drum kit, doesn't mean that drummer's not good. Cause oh, Because that's yeah. not his, like, job.
1: Sometimes I've heard you've heard just assemble, t- assemble tap.
0: Yeah, something different. Just something, and like my drum teacher always said, just play and then do something like a one good fill. Or just something off beat, and like the person will, who's like listening to the song will go, "What was that?" Yeah, and it's that stuff that's noticeable, which makes you a good drummer. Like sort of all these session drummers that play live with people like the Spice Girls, um, Pussy Cat Dolls, and things like that. All them are like at the top of the game because yeah. the session drummers, and it's like. They'll play a basic beat to a complicated jazz pattern.
1: Yeah. Well here's a question then. What's your opinions on Rick Butler?
0: Rick Butler, the drummer from the Jam Int um
1: At the original jam, yeah.
0: Yeah. Good drummer. Good drummer. That um like um Uh Going Underground, da 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 B good yeah. that's that, fucking ace. that's good and also uh Eton rifles it's like the beginning of that drum like yeah. really good drummer yeah strange oh,
1: but, style for me strange... down the trip station at midnight his drums in that were just out of this world
0: that's got a lot in it it's got 16th he's got like sort of lots of dy- like sort of dynamics it's got yeah very good song because he does 16th in that because it sort of has a breakdown of it, yeah. That's when he gets more of that ding, 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 But like Brick um, oh, what's his name? Who like plays bass? Uh, Bruce Foxton. Bruce Foxton, excellent bassist. So, like, they could work together really well. But it really shows how they work together on that breakdown in a sort of that sort of middle eight sort of bit.
1: Yeah. Well, here's a strange thing. Did you know that Bruce Foxton was originally the lead player, and Paul Weller was the, the bass, bassist. Really? Yeah, and they swapped. There you go.
0: Good job they did swap.
1: <laughs> um, I actually like, I think Bruce is one of the best bass players I've heard, and, you know, just for his... He, he managed to do things with songs. If you go to Pretty Green, if, you, if you've never heard the song, listen to the start of the bass. dum 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 and it's it's so loud and aggressive and he manages to, to to manage to put a rhythm into that.
0: Similar to that is the start of an Oasis song called Semi Sonic um Supersonic. Yes. And that uh, that's the simplest drum beat that you can play. It's just and then the guitar comes in, but he did it and this is the original drummer from Oasis, the curly-haired one. Yeah. Um just so much energy in that drum beat, and that's one of the drum beats that you could play like a robot that sounds flat, but then play it like he played it and give it so much energy.
1: Yeah, he made it something totally different from what it should be in paper. You yeah, get that. Yeah, you know, get that. Um, yeah. Hey, who else have we got in drums? We're missing probably lots of drummers. People will be screaming. Yeah, at them. yeah. At them?
0: Yeah, I mean, <laughs> like the people who I sort of like now would be people like Mike Mangini, who plays with Dream Theater, but he played with Steve Vai, um, and Terry Bozzio, he played a bit with Frank Zappa. He played with Korn, but all st- sort of them two drummers have. Like, I've seen them both at like sort of drum clinics, and the very very, and this is one of the things that put me off drumming. It's one of the reasons why I have sort of like quit because. Uh, Mike Mangini had a process of where he would set his kit up so it's symmetrical left and right. So he um, like could r- roll from like the left and roll yeah. to the right. And everything was symmetrical. Um, Ter- uh, Terry Bozzio was one of these who tuned his drums into triads and like sort of composing on the drums. He didn't play a drum beat. He would play a composition on the drums with different sounds and things like that. More percussion. Yeah. But again, he plays the piano, and the piano is classed as a percussion instrument. But I think, I think the piano is one thing. If like you want to learn an instrument, learn the piano because that's the that's the makeup of the song. You like can compose on that. You can compose anything. It's got a rhythm. It's got a melody. Yeah,
1: I totally agree.
0: And also, you get the theory behind it. And nearly every song from classical to black metal to death metal to pop has either got a piano or an organ or some sort of think synthesizer think synthesizer in you know, it or keyboard in it
1: yeah i uh, believe well, if you go to northern soul the harm the hammond organ is a big big key thing in it uh you know the band used it very well with Manfred Mann. right really? yeah you know Paul Jones, if you listen to some of the early Manfred Manster, uh, what a singer. Uh, Flamingo, Pretty Flamingo, listen to it. Great song, great vocals, and it's one of the classics that you don't forget.
0: I'm um, not really keen on the organ sound, to tell you the truth. I, I, no, I'm not. Never,
1: I've never learned to play a, a keyboard. Um, I, I've never learned to play a guitar yet. I know where some of the chords are, and I think that's about it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I think as long as you play an instrument or you're playing a band and you enjoy what you're doing. And I think, and I think you'll understand this. And I've been guilty of it that we do play for others, but you should really be playing for yourself. So it doesn't matter if you're getting hair, you should do it for enjoyment. Yeah. Yeah. With the internet and everyone putting anything like sort of everything out there, everyone wants to wear everyone. Everyone wants to be, Oh, look at me. and. I'm just as guilty. I'm not criticise anyone. I hold my hands up. I've done it, and I probably still do it, and I probably will still do it. Yeah, I think we
1: but both.
0: oh well. Yeah, but shouldn't music be for you? And if you like a song, and people take the piss out of that song, like if you like a Banana Rama song, say. Yeah, um, well, Banana Rama did a cover of a wonderful Northern Soul song.
1: You know, i was listening to other day. I forget the name of it. But you're right, music. I don't play for others, I, I might say to others, um, if I say to someone would you like me to play a song? It's because I want to play the song, I want yeah. to hear it, you know, and if you don't like it, then that's fine, you know, I'm not everybody's cup of tea, but I do play for me, and I think you're right, that's what I lost in a band, I stopped playing for me, I was playing for the band, I was playing for the public, I wasn't playing for for what was inside me, in some ways. And that's how I go back to my custody, because every time I play a song, I play it different. Because it's in a And that's what I love about it, so you won't get the same two versions of David Gray, the one I love, or... uh, It's
0: a good song, Matt.
1: Yeah, it's a cracking wee song. Um,
0: And his drummer, he uses lines a bit crazy, or like he he, uses, I can't remember his name now, but he's a bit mad. Very eccentric.
1: Yeah. Um, who, clearly, the guy can sing and write songs. Um, and it, there was some that. I, was, I, I find that with songs that I pick songs that resonate with me, stick with me, for tr- no reason that I don't know. Uh, Tennessee Whiskey is another one. Um, right. Chris, Chris Stapleton. It's such a lovely song. Uh, and I love t- taking and doing a wee version of it. And it, I don't do the same version twice.
0: <laughs> I mean, I mean, I like Chris de Berg, Lady, Lady in Red. I don't care what anyone says. That's a banging song, and he's got a brilliant voice. Oh yeah. So, so I like went to have a look live, and I'm not kidding you. You could hardly tell that he was singing it live from the, like like the studio. I mean, well, obviously you could tell, but not by very much at all. Very well. talented singer, and yeah, the
1: one, the uh, Lady in Red. It was a, an absolutely haunting uh, love song that. When you think of it, was so different for its time, and that's what made it really what it was, wasn't it?
0: Yeah, yeah, just because it just came. Was it like, was it eighty-eight,
1: eighty-seven? Yeah, around about that time. Uh, another one that did that with a aunt song, and unfortunately became a very troubled soul. And I do wish her well. I did have spoke to her privately a couple of times, once or twice. Was uh, Sinead O'Connor.
0: Yeah, she's had a a turbulent.
1: Yeah, I she think it's, she's she's yeah. struggled with her demons. She has struggled with her demons, um, but uh, well, it's job, not been
0: easy for her, especially recently.
1: Yeah, I know she's had some really difficult times, and I wish her nothing but health and happiness because she's she's a lovely. She's a she, she was an innocent soul, um, and a hard version of um, nothing compares to you. Oh, good lord! The uh, if you ever watched the original version of that.
0: 'Cause yeah. it was a print song, wasn't it, originally? Yes, it
1: was. and he actually said to her that she, she should cover it. Really? Yeah. Um and
0: It's it, about quitting smoking, isn't it? What's that? I say it's about quitting smoking, isn't it?
1: Um I'm not sure.
0: Cigarettes, yeah. I'm sure I read a report on like Prince Alex about um quit smoking.
1: That's another genius it seems to get overlooked sometimes with some people.
0: Again, Prince was very eccentric,
1: yeah, um, but clearly hugely talented. I think
0: amazingly one, talented, yeah,
1: yeah. What well, I think one of the most amazing performances I ever saw of him was he was on a George Harrison show, a uh, tribute to George Harrison, right? And they played um, while my guitar gently weeps. When you should look, it's actually George Harrison's son that's playing on the guitar, and Prince is there, and there's a couple of other real big names that my brain fog's just went shut down on me, and they do a version of My Guitar Gently Weeps, and you watch the guitar solo that Prince does on that. Even the, these world-renowned, really respectable musicians step back and invite him to keep going.
0: No, I know Steve I rates him, and Steve I... Um... Obviously, well not obviously, but he's um meant to be classed one of the best guitarists, if not the best guitarist in like the world. Yeah, and like sort of like Buddy Rich said to um or
1: about Ringo,
0: you're a good drummer. Steve I said to Prince, saying hey, you you like really good on guitar.
1: Yeah, I was. Um, and obviously he did the live at the Super Bowl in torrential rain. If you remember that,
0: I can't remember that no Oh, no. well,
1: when you get the chance, put go on to YouTube and listen to it. what a live performance of Purple Rain.
0: Yeah, I listened to one of his songs last week, and it's a song called Dance On, and it's a very complicated drum pattern. It's very offbeat, and the drummer he used was a lady called Sheila Ree, I
1: think, yes. Sheila Easton. Uh Who, again, doesn't get the recognition as a drummer, does she? I
0: don't know. I don't know. She's She's like... She's like well renowned, but yeah, maybe now she doesn't.
1: Yeah, but, you know, I think you're right. People of maybe our generation know of and know how talented and how good she is. It's maybe the generations that come after us that don't quite. Maybe the world they pick up and they see that, listen, your parents listen to some stunning music.
0: <laughs> I mean, that's another thing. My parents are in the 70s now, and I got brought up on Queen, Supertramp, Beatles, Kinks. Yeah. Um, um, I can't say it. Merillion, yeah. Um. So, and then obviously, my brother's five years older, so he's like listening to Iron Maiden. That got me into it. But for, funnily enough, the first seven-inch record I got was a Smith song, "Heaven Knows." Oh
1: yeah. Um. Yeah, not not my cup of tea. <laughs> I, I never took him to Odyssey I never really did. He's Uh, probably
0: like one of the Marmite things you either like or you don't like him. Yeah. Uh, Another one who's got a strange voice is uh, Robert from The Cure. What's his name, Robert?
1: Oh yeah, yeah. The Black collar here.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: They're an awesome band, The Cure. Yeah, again, I, I know they're an awesome band because too many people have told me that I respect their opinion but I didn't quite they didn't quite resonate with me the way they should, I suppose. Maybe my head was somewhere else at that time. Uh, no, no,
0: no, because, like, you can't say a band's good, but they're not for, you, like, you. Yeah. So that's oh. maybe where you're coming from, maybe, well, I don't like them, but I know they're good.
1: Yeah, that's,
0: that that yeah. makes sense. You would probably know that from being a musician, maybe. You would sort of can appreciate them.
1: Yeah, I suppose there is that, yeah, because I've listened to bands that play a totally different genre of music that I would normally listen to. Uh, and I'll go you know what they're actually pretty good they're doing you know yeah
0: definitely 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 well we've gone over an hour and I'm going to have to shoot because I've got someone to pick up yes. my um, balls will be on the plate <laughs> so yeah. to speak so um, no, no. we spoke about doing one at the beginning of this podcast at the end yeah no we spoke, about, we spoke about at the beginning of this podcast doing one for next week so have you had any thoughts about what we could do i mentioned films or books
1: well why don't we do you you're not a big reader i think we were you were said earlier
0: i do but i get halfway through a book and i just put it down and think i oh, thought this. Right. You're a ful-
1: <laughs> you a you like films
0: i do like films yeah
1: well why don't we try and in between now and then pick some films that you've watched and then maybe i've read the book and we can compare
0: okay okay yeah that sounds good. Um, I'll put my first one that I would like to do: Clockwork Orange. I know Anthony Bear just wrote that book, and Stanley Krube- Kubek.
1: Kubek did the follow Yeah, I can't
0: even speak to that. It's been a long dabbing up since five. Um,
1: right. we'll, we'll take that because I've read the book. Yeah.
0: Okay, Clockwork Orange. Shall we do five? Did like you say?
1: Yeah, let's go for five.
0: Clockwork Orange.
1: And we'll figure the other four out between now and then because you've got to go and get somebody before you. Lose something you really want to keep. Yeah.
0: Yeah. My pen's run out. I've just write click work orange down. How do you smoke? That's it. Yeah, I've like been off at five because I had to take her to work and then I've spent ten hours at my job then come back, I had tea and that, uh, got sorted out, like the fat and that, and then I've got to go pick her back up. So, no restful for the wicked. I had a podcast and I've got a podcast tomorrow as well.
1: No are busy, man.
0: So, I am... A, it's starting to get there, yeah. Yeah. It's, um...
1: Good.
0: I'm glad you yeah. did it. It's getting good. Well thank you so much for coming on again. Um My again, you're our weekly guest maybe, or you can just come on whenever you want. Um it's well, good. It's good I'm coming on I weekly because it's I, yeah. Something to look forward to and something to you know, something to look forward to and hopefully other people look forward to it too. maybe, um, maybe so, yeah.
1: can suggest what we top five is for
0: the, the following week. Yeah, definitely.
1: Let's see what happens in the comments. Let's hope so.
0: <laughs> yeah, and, um I was going to say something else. Anyone else is welcome on, and like, the podcast. So, if you want to come on, you can do It is all fully free speech and all unedited. So, sometimes if it goes wrong, that's how it's going to go out. Because I don't believe in editing. I just want people to hear the rawness, the, um as it is there, and, like, no bullshit or lies.
1: Well, i so... a couple of names then that you can maybe invite on. There would be more than pleased to come and speak to you
0: that'd be brilliant that'd be wicked that'd be awesome thank you very much yeah that'd be so cool
1: i'll give you i'll send you the, the names over once we're going to call go and get your wife i'm yeah. not doing i'm not doing <laughs> the same <time. laughs>
0: definitely right well, thanks again and we'll see you next week alex
1: thank you mate see you next Tuesday. week
0: bye Cheers. bye, bye. The